0: Hello, everybody. We want to do a quick little straw poll. We're thinking of maybe doing for a special event, an in-person podcast taping. And we're wondering how many people in the Portland metro area would be interested in attending. This would be a free event and we would just record the podcast in front of a live audience so you guys can see what it's like to, you know, kind of be behind the scenes. So let us know if you'd be interested so that we could get a venue that would be big enough to hold everybody. And we will do, put something like that together. So email me at Christy at com. That email will be in the show notes and just shoot me an email and say, I'd be there.
1: Dodges never stop and neither do our listeners.
0: You're listening to Dodge Movie Podcast. Your hosts are Christy and Mike Dodge, the founders of Dodge Media Productions. We produce films and podcasts so this is a podcast about films. Join them as they share their passion for filmmaking. Welcome back, everybody, to the Dodge Movie Podcast. Welcome to our month of bromance, is kind of what we're calling it. And it's interesting, as I was doing research, some people take umbrage with that that term. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> with that term, and I kind of can see what they're saying. They're basically saying, why do we have to give it a name Guys can have close relationships with other guys, and it doesn't need to have a cute name. Can I see that?
1: I would agree, except that it is a clever turn of phrase. That's probably what keeps it going. But yes, there is a difference between close friendships are viewed between two women and two men. So maybe giving it its own term is a way to legitimize it.
0: Yeah. So if we say it, we mean it in a very positive, we're, we're pro- Guys having close male relationships.
1: Yes. And I want to go further and say, even if one of the two or two of the two happen to be gay men, I think you can have platonic friendships. Absolutely. And yes. Yeah, yes. And I agreed. support that. Yes. In all we, guys. we are
0: very pro <laughs> good, deep friendships because we value our close friendships. And I think, you know, want that for everybody.
1: Yeah. Now, there may be some differences broadly speaking, between friendships between two gents as opposed to two ladies, but there's also differences in friends, just any given pair of friends. But I think it's good to to recognize and celebrate that even if there's not as much eye contact and there's a lot more punching and <laughs> nut tapping and that kind of thing, it, it's okay.
0: <laughs> yes, I totally agree. Except for with the nut tapping,
1: <laughs> I'd really rather not. But I, I'm just saying we, we see some of that amongst some fellows.
0: Yes, yes. All right, let's kick off episode ninety. It is um, Tag, directed by Jeff Tomsick. It stars Jeremy Renner, Ed Helms, Jake Johnson, John Hamm, Lil Rel, Rel Howery. My apologies, uh, Isla Fisher, Hannibal Burris, and Leslie Bibb. The DP was Larry Blandford. We, as fellow cinema people, we want to start shouting out to our DPs. And the writer of the screenplay was Rob McKittrick.
1: Mm, McKittrick.
0: There you go. And it was based off of a Wall Street Journal article entitled, It Takes Planning Caution to Avoid Being It. And in, this film is based on a true story inspired by a group of 10 fellows from the from Spokane and they as teenagers would entertain themselves in the schoolyard by playing tag like a lot of kids did but the game continued (laughs) and so the synopsis for this film is a small group of former classmates organize and elaborate an annual game of tag that requires some travel all over the country they said in the article that the real group do it in February but in order for the storyline of this film to work, they had to set it in May.
1: Not very smart to do it in February. There's snow in Spokane.
0: Right, right. <laughs> Maybe they ran around to keep warm.
1: Oh, that's true. Now I have to say I'm a little bit lazier than them. I do have a recurring gag with one of the listeners, but it only involves sending things <gasps> a form to of each tag other. Almost though. Well, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we text each other things. Listener will know who I'm talking Wait, about.
0: You have kind of two though. Right. You have two different... I won't say the listener, but you have one where you send them the theme to...
1: Ballers, TV show on HBO starring The Rock, future president.
0: But then with your other buddy, you have a game where you... It's like...
1: Oh, the wrong number text? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So apparently, I'm creative but lazy.
0: (laughs) And then with the kids, we sometimes do. What is it? Sounds like a band, or oh, yeah, X is band. the
1: name of my Y cover band. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Like, can you give us an example so people know what you mean?
1: The first time we ever heard of it was from Paul and Storm. Oblong Circles is the name of my Oingo Boingo cover band. <laughs>
0: It's a fun game. So Mike probably would enjoy the uh, creative challenge. So if any listener wants to play text tag with Mike, (laughs) let us know. And
1: and, and or um, the X is my Y cover band, feel free to chip in. I was actually thinking Superfan Lee might be good at that because he probably has a pretty diverse set of of music. Yes, yes.
0: Maybe I'll try to start something on social media, see if somebody will pick up on it. Mm Alrighty. I only have one tagline for you, so you're gonna have to either take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Uh based on a true story, we're not kidding. Blah. <laughs> you think they could have done better? Well, especially a
1: tagline for movie named Tag, there's got to be better in there.
0: Okay. And you I sold it, right? That based on a true story is part of the tagline.
1: It is. Okay. And I didn't know I, if I yeah, rushed I into it and wow. you
0: didn't get it. Wow. I, I Maybe I didn't sell. I, let, me let, me okay, let, me okay, let me try again. Let me try again. Okay,
1: let's try again. Let's try again.
0: The tagline is, based on a true story, we're not kidding. Did hmm. it get any better?
1: Nope.
0: I feel like it needs and. And we're not kidding.
1: I, I just don't think it says it's, anything about the film or about oh, why I'd want to watch it.
0: True, 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 true. Right. Very true. All right. Kick us off with a pick a point.
1: Someone once said, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing.
0: Oh, I remember. I forgot that until you just said it. And I remember I was like, that's so true.
1: And this supports my theory about uh, pickup lines. Yes. That describes the film. That would make a great tagline.
0: Wait, read it again. Is it too long?
1: Someone once said, We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing.
0: It's a tiny bit on the long side, but I agree with you 100%. That is the best tagline.
1: How about if we just go with, We grow old because we stop playing? We yeah. could just uh, yeah. shorten it down to that. Okay.
0: I think that's fantastic.
1: And now, we- in case it, I seem overly critical of the tagline, I really love this film.
0: Oh, we loved it from the first time we saw it,
1: but I love it more the more I watch it.
0: Oh, wow. I really love this film. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It, You know, sometimes we watch films and then we're like, oh, let's do this for the podcast. And then we're Mm -hmm. watching it and I'm like, ugh. Yeah. But this one was just a, no. the fun ride that it was the first time.
1: And typically Captain McKittrick, because I caught some stuff in the last watching that I hadn't noticed before. Yeah. So it's very well written, even though it's a comedy, right? People tend to think of comedies as being slapstick again, the nut tapping, that kind of thing. <laughs> but it's actually really well written. It's got a lot of heart.
0: Yes, it does. Highly
1: recommended. Now, I do want to give a shout out. Uh, some of our listeners have been watching our films, including Mr. Holmes. And li- listener Udo says that it was a bit slow, though he did enjoy it. This is not slow like Mr. Holmes. This is kind of the opposite. Yes. There's a lot going on.
0: There's a lot going on. Well, why don't you, since you love it, I mean, I have notes, but why don't you kick us off? What are some of the reasons that you love this film?
1: I think... I love this film because it it shows a group of friends that I wish I had, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like that's so so appealing to have this group of people that you get together with, and and they obviously love each other, and even though they're far across the country, so that is ultimately it. And they come there, oh, getting teary, maybe even to support Ed Helms' character Hoagie.
0: Yeah, right. The love yeah. they
1: have for Hoagie is is touching. Yes, but it's touching in. A ridiculous way that I admire.
0: <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Whereas
1: normal people yeah. might do a thing like, we're going to have a barbecue. We will say <laughs> words where we sh- say what we like about hoagie. No, no. We're going to have a ridiculous game where people dress up like old ladies in shopping malls. Yeah. That is, I mean, I love it. I love the silliness that goes along with it, right? They're playing.
0: Totally. And I think that some of the gags in this and some of the links that these guys go to are you go oh that's funny for a movie and then at the very end oh, that's the best there is actual footage of the you got, of these guys and you can see that one guy actually dressed up like the old lady yes.
1: and also another guy surprised the taggy in the shower I know. Okay, now I want you to stop and think that not only did this guy somehow get his way into like the gym locker room shower, but he brought someone to film it. Okay, that level of dedication is is very admirable. I mean, I I love that.
0: We both love when calories are burned for another person. Yes, and that is a huge calorie burner. And and a
1: thing that just appeals to me—that's kind of my kryptonite—is I love silliness. Right. So yes. if somebody had yes. gone to that effort to just deliver like a bottle of wine, yawn. But to go to that effort to surprise the guy naked in the shower and tag him, oh, that's impressive.
0: Right. And he's, I mean, it's brilliant, too, because he's pretty defenseless. Like, Oh, he kind of is. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, they never addressed this, and, and this is the only thing that bothered me about this movie. <laughs> they never addressed Tag backs, which were critical.
1: Oh, there is a point early on when they first get chilly. When yeah. uh, John Hamm's character and him are standing there in, the, and they talk about no tag backs.
0: Oh, I missed it. Then. Yeah, it's subtle because that is that's super critical in the game of and tag. To make it work as as a kid, it's like yeah. Because you're, you're kind of immune until that person finds somebody else.
1: Because otherwise, he'd just slap you back and be useless. Right, exactly. So no tag backs is okay. a thing. Is a real, yeah. Yeah.
0: You yeah. almost have to in the game of tag. Yeah, for it to Unless you're only playing with two people.
1: Now, I want to give uh, <laughs> a, a, a credit to McKittrick because the thing that I noticed the last time through is how much he foreshadows that Hoagie has an illness. Mm-hmm. And the reason I, I want to credit the writer... Because even though I had seen the film before, I realized, oh, look how well that was woven in there. So it's like subconscious. So the viewer hears it but doesn't consciously see it as foreshadowing. Super well done. So tip of the cap to Rob McKittrick. Very well Well done. Well done, buddy. Yes,
0: yes. I loved under, like since you're talking about writing, I thought it was a good way to... Because I think most audience members, and maybe I'm just projecting and speaking as an only child, who I agree with you, I would long to have, and, and I do have a couple dear friends that I've had since grade school, even or high school. I'm so grateful that, you know, we've remained close. But I love the bartender because he's a character oh, yeah. I feel like is the audience these guys look like they're having so much yeah. fun. I, I want to be part be, of yeah, it. Yeah, I want to be part of this. And so I loved how he was like, you could tag me, and they were just like, no. And like right. how desperately he wanted to be part of their oh, group.
1: And then perhaps my favorite character in the film is Isla Fisher's Anna. Oh my Right. Gosh. And how she... <laughs> is so committed to this i mean beyond what anyone else is and there's this great line where she yells you're gonna suck my tiny ginger balls and that captures her character all in in one line of dialogue she
0: is really funny in this i mean she's really funny in wedding crashers yep but she matches that in this one and 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 maybe even surpasses it
1: but but again this is kind of like my kryptonite because she is so that character so incredibly intense about such a ridiculously silly thing yes yes almost more so than the guys yeah almost more so yeah right and i actually as i said that i realized this is like the 24 Hours of Lemons racing guys, Uh, that it's ridiculously silly, yet completely over-the-top intense. Like, they take it very seriously, while at the same time not taking it seriously at all. I love that, like, sweet and sour chicken.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Anything, I mean, I I have notes, but I don't want to, you're on a roll. Why don't you, what, what,
1: uh... Well, other notes that I have here is, uh, cross-dressing is... Always funny in that over-the-top, like, Vicky Lawrence on Mama's Family, <laughs> yeah. like he does. Yeah. That's, I mean, it doesn't matter who it is, but the 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 wig and, and the, the flower dress and stuff, always, always comic. And then what makes it, what sells it is they have actual footage of one of the guys dressed in that same over-the-top style, which, to me, that's hilarious because if you saw someone dressed like that in public, you would assume that it's somebody dressed in... Costume drag,
0: right? You would totally. never assume
1: that was a real human.
0: And while we're talking about that, again, the co- props to the costume department because they they like almost to a T got the the actual. Oh, I love that, and and that also tickles me because
1: there was a production meeting at one point where like the director slid a photo across the desk at the costume department and said, "Make him look like that."
0: Yes, absolutely. And they
1: had to go find that. But it's funny because it's almost like if if you saw someone in a nun's habit, mm-hmm. you would also assume it was a guy dressed as a nun up to some sort of silliness.
0: I've, I actually worked on a film where a man was dressed as a nun. See? And, <laughs> and at one point he had to go outside to film looking up at a window. As you would. And we were all inside And it was comical to watch the people walking by because he had a beard. And, (laughs) you know, so it was very obviously Mm -hmm, a man. mm -hmm. And, yes, it was entertaining. In fact, I have some great pictures of that film set. That was fun.
1: So this raises the question of what is the opposite gendered version? Like, is is there a costume that if you put a female actor in it, it's always funny?
0: Well... A good thing for our listeners to call in and or write in.
1: I will mention one of our listeners uh, was upset that he listened to the episode too late and felt like he missed out on a prize. And I want to encourage people that if we offer a prize in a podcast and it hasn't been claimed in a month when you listen to the podcast, feel free to chip in because it could still be
0: available. Yes. So I have a question. Yes. How... I mean, this is a spoiler-filled episode, so if you haven't seen it, here's your warning, because we're going to talk about spoilers. How did you feel about Leslie Bibb's character kind of breaking the spirit of the rules in a way and coming up with a scenario that kind of stopped the game or paused the game?
1: Well, I didn't like her at all.
0: It, are there... we supposed to... Because no, no. after the reveal, when she apologizes, are we supposed to go like, "Oh, okay, I get it. It was her wedding," no. and so she's justified in in lying?
1: I think from a story perspective, she exists to heighten the sanctity of the game. Of the game. So it's kind of like when you would put a little salt on the watermelon; the contrast reminds yes. you of the sweetness. Yes, that's what she's like. She's there. To serve as the existential threat to the sanctity
0: of the game. We're supposed to not like her. She's the villain. I wonder if that happened with the real group. Was there a wife that was just not Mm. down? like Yoko. Yeah. So do you hold any animosity towards Jerry, Jeremy Renner's character, in going along with it?
1: So, no, oddly enough, because I feel like they establish, and this is key for the end scene, that how much he clings to never having been tagged.
0: Uh oh. So he is
1: almost as committed as Isla Fisher's character, but in his own way, right? Yeah. And that, to me, makes sense why he would allow her to do that thing, even though it's evil. It's really bad. Now, I have to say... I actually think Leslie Bibb is probably a very nice woman, right. But because she's is tall, pretty blonde, she gets cast in that role in several things because I think that the twist. So I'm very curious. She might be incredibly pleasant as a human. but man, that character in this movie, really, there is nothing redeeming because faking a miscarriage that's that's pretty bad. That's
0: close to like faking cancer. oh or yeah, that's yeah.
1: really bad. Yeah. So that character was drawn that way, I think, specifically. Yeah. But it's a great question about his character. To me, it, it landed as that was his commitment to to kind of winning, and then oh, touching at the end, he's willing to get tagged.
0: Yeah, for Hoagie, really. Yeah. No, it's a it's a very it's a great ending and it's a great um, example of breaking tension. Yeah. Because it was so that end scene is emotional and then they break it with comedy right so well so well done
1: yeah and again you bring in isla fisher just going nuts (laughs) that's so i think
0: i read in the trivia i think in that scene where she tackles i think jake i think she tackles chili right she hurt his shoulder
1: i wouldn't be surprised (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and that just, the level of commitment is yeah. so
1: admirable. Yeah. I love it.
0: She would be a super veiny hockey mom. Totally. Although now that I think about it, right,
1: um, Sasha is that level of committed when he does when some he of his, does his, his stuff. So, wow, that must be a wild party.
0: Yeah. I have a note here and I can't even remember this part, but they use a reporter to give exposition. Oh, I know. Because a reporter is interviewing. uh,
1: John Hamm's character. John Hamm's character.
0: uh, Bob. Bob. And so using her to kind of tag, to go along (laughs) with them and using her as kind of to explain the exposition of the film and the past tagging scenarios that have right. occurred. I also made a note of that.
1: It's not the first film that has thought of this, right? But there needs to be a way for people to give exposition yeah. in, in, in something like this to give kind of the background rules. So I thought that was that was
0: reasonable. And I liked um I thought it was, you know, I'm I so give kudos to the ladies from Pen Fifteen for nailing kind of like childlike behaviors. And I loved the scene where they showed the game rules and cause it was all the different forms of paper. Like there was a yellow legal pad oh, and there right. was yeah. like wide ruled and college ruled. And I feel like there was even, um, you know, the, the ratty spiral paper that they didn't bother to take off right. the it, little yeah. nubbins. And so that, that's such a kid thing. Like, Oh, we need to add that rule. And so they would just yeah. be scribbling the rules and they were stapled together. And I liked Because to me, that's a flavor of childhood that I remember. That they
1: would keep them. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, no, we got to keep the rules.
0: Yeah. And especially that the rules over time would evolve based on different scenarios that. Right. Like, okay, okay, no funerals. Right. (laughs) And. Like, Although I think in the trivia it says they did. They really play did. It, it, yeah, in real life.
1: <laughs> but like all good rules, it comes from a famous incident,
0: right? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I have a friend who I think she said four rules were added to her school's clothing dress code. Yeah, the yeah. dress code. So she proudly said this. So.
1: <laughs> right. I, I should be so lucky. I don't think any have been named after me, right?
0: It's <laughs> a good thing. How about, I mean, this one isn't like for cinematography. I don't think it's going to win any awards. It always looked good. I think almost always was in focus. Like, it would, But was there anything that stood out for you?
1: The one thing that I really think is noteworthy is when we first meet Chili. He's in an apartment a couple floors up. And he flees Anna and Hoagie. Somehow the camera is attached, like, at his waist looking up. Like, actually attached to the actor. Because you see him running down the stairs. I thought that was a really fun thing. I can't remember ever having seen that before.
0: Yeah, I did have a note, and I... I didn't understand the context, but now that you say that, I said, as Hoagie's chasing Chili, they put a GoPro on him to see him running. And so, yes, we see back looking at Chili. Right. We see the POV of the GoPro is looking up at at Chili, not looking forward at what he's seeing.
1: And it's it's like, you can tell it's rigidly attached to his waist, and it just is such a neat effect.
0: Yeah. Well, I think because when you're playing tag, like... Your face probably goes through a bunch of contortions, especially right. he's ooh, kind ooh, of doing this ah, almost like parkour move right. down, you know, through a part. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, right. And seeing the anxiety on his face of how close is Hoagie behind him. and You probably
1: b- missed this, but I'm a podcast veteran, so I was doing all the faces while you were talking yes. for our listeners to see.
0: For, that nobody could see. This yeah. isn't a video yeah. podcast yet.
1: Podcast veteran.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, Let's see I loved the sound The music Oh the the soundtrack is great I've got like all the songs Yes I loved any time Like there's a scene Right after the scene Where Chili jumps out of his apartment And Hoagie, Chili, and Bob Are all standing kind of in a triangle And they're each just slapping one another And Mm -hmm. it had There was this great like chest I don't know if I could replicate it for the
1: Thumping Yeah
0: We'll see how that plays. <laughs> I'll either yeah. leave it in or take it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was just, it was well, it was better than what I just did. <laughs> so well, uh, you know, kudos.
1: <laughs> the Foley people took a little bit more time.
0: They have a little bit more time. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. stuff. And then there's music that ominously plays while. Bob is walking to the conference room and Ed Helms is in Janitor Yeah, it's the opening garb. scene. And so we don't know, I mean, other than the title and people who probably went to this film probably knew what it was about. So maybe it was a little bit. But, you know, at first, if you know nothing about this film, if somebody just turned it on and you didn't even know what it was called, it, it there's ominous music and Ed Helms is obviously in in uh, a disguise and a costume a bad one yeah but yeah and and john ham's character bob is is walking towards the conference room and he's like oblivious yeah so i like that all right let's see How about head trauma? Now, in a film called Tag, and it's a serious game of tag, I'm assuming there's going to be some body trauma at the very least. We do have, I I,
1: I have a handful of head traumas.
0: Yes, lay them on
1: me. The first, which I think is hilarious, is in that aforementioned opening kind of scene, Bob tries to throw (laughs) a chair through the window. And it rebounds into his own head.
0: Which, I'm sorry, had to have been difficult to film, but it's probably one of my favorite scenes because I didn't see it coming. So it really...
1: It's really well done. That was at 440. Then at 25 minutes, Jerry uses the no hands protocol to throw Bob toward Hoagie and Bob slaps Hoagie in the face. and well, they call it that. No, I mean, you, you can hear the capitals. The swinging log trap knocks chili ass over tea kettle <laughs> at fifty-three fifty-seven, <laughs> and then the last one that I have note is Hoagie takes some powdered donuts to the face in the AA meeting <laughs> at one hour eight minutes and four seconds. It's like Jerry throws uh, like a non-strop, same as snowballs and Elf, right? Yeah. Uh, of of powdered donuts. Yeah. So uh, I. I Kind of a little bit of the cinematography, but I did love how they cut to slow-mo for a lot of these things. I yes. think that en- enhanced the, the comedy.
0: Yes, definitely. Definitely. Now, um, this is probably more of a just a straight comedy, but um, did we have any romance? Any smoochies? Smoochie, smoochy, smoochie. Smoochy. I don't have a note of smoochie. So the smoochie I thought about
1: perhaps was the wedding, but I believe that there is an incident that prevented smooching at I the believe,
0: wedding. I believe you're correct. How about a driving review?
1: So we've got a fair number of vehicles involved here. So first of all, I thought it was a nice nod to uh, to our vehicles that Bob's executive car was a Chrysler 300, mm-hmm. uh, not a Mercedes or mm-hmm. something like
0: that. So that was nice. That's probably, um, they got a little kickback.
1: Uh, let's hope that, would that be... Daimler, at that time they made it FCA, but let's hope Chrysler was on top of that. There's a 1990 Honda Civic that serves as a stunt airbag for (laughs) Chili's departure. That was rough. Uh, A special note goes a very rare vehicle. There's a gold 1982 Dodge Rampage in the background at one point. Rarely seen the Rampage. The minivan that they rented was a Silver 2017 Chrysler Pacifica, not your normal choice for any sort of heist shenanigans. Right. So the question I had though is, was this an SRT model? Did they drop in like a big V8 in it, and it had a little more oomph than normal? Lastly, I would mention there's some chase scenes in golf carts, and the Easy Go RXV golf cart is offered in. Two power plants, either electric or gas motor, and there is no way that was electric because when you put three people on one and one person on the other, they wouldn't go to the same speed. So it must have been the petrol engine that was powering those. But interesting, the golf cart company gives you the option, electric or gas.
0: I recently rode in a gas-powered golf cart with Superfan Lee, and it would sporadically backfire.
1: Wow. Okay, that's <laughs> probably not by design. No. <laughs> and it probably scared the pee out of everybody.
0: Yeah, me more than him. He said, <laughs> because uh, you couldn't guess when it would happen. Well,
1: uh, Superfan might be used to loud noises that happen without warning, so maybe he was he was oh, okay. But
0: it was not fun. Yeah, that's that's <clears> generally <throat>
1: not good. Your your engine should not backfire.
0: All right. Should we go to the numbers? Let's go to the numbers. All righty. This film from 2018 so pretty new film rather the budget was 28 million dollars and it made almost three times that 50 almost 55 million domestically 77 million worldwide and since it wasn't that long ago but adjusted for inflation that would be 55 (laughs) million domestically it got a 6.5 out of 10 on imdb and rotten tomatoes critics and audiences agreed gave it a 56 percent so actually rotten i think technically because i think 60 percent is is fresh
1: i may have to drive around the country and (laughs) sack punch all of those people
0: all those critics well i know i'm really surprised it's this low because it it's a really good movie
1: it is a fantastic film
0: it's fun it's just fun okay so it was filmed in spokane fayetteville uh, Georgia, Peachtree City, Georgia, a lot of Georgia. I've got, you know, Stone Mountain Golf Club, Stone Mountain, Georgia. So I, they went to Spokane for something, maybe the school when they were young. And then and then did it all. You know, Atlanta has a big film making community. So I'm sure that they that's why they did that. It's uh, just comes in at an hour and 40 minutes. It's not that big of a commitment. It's it is rated R. I think I did look it up for Superfan Sandy, and it does have sixty-two f-words. So, but, but
1: I'll have to say I didn't notice I didn't one notice of them. Notice any of them? <laughs> However, perhaps Isla Fisher could deliver sixty-one of them.
0: That's true. So true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it is so. Therefore, it is rated R. But I. I mean, gosh darn it, we just love this one. Love this film. Golly shucks. Golly shucks. <laughs> So that concludes our episode of the film tag as we kick off the bromance month. Next week, we are going to talk about, I love you, man. So stay tuned for that. As always, please send us emails, give us feedback, let us know what you like, what you don't like. And you can always leave us a review that helps out or give us a call at 971-245-4148 If you have any uh, notes, suggestions, feedback, or just want to leave us a message. And never forget,
1: Dodges never stop and neither do the movies. Thanks for listening to Dodge Movie Podcast with Christy and
0: Mike Dodge of Dodge Media Productions. To find out more about this podcast and what we do, go to DodgeMediaProductions.com. Subscribe, share, leave a comment, and tell us what we should watch next. Dodges never stop
1: and neither do the movies.